Welcome to episode 89 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Dy- on Twitter, Dynasty underscore DadFF. Guys, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm slurring some of my speech in here because I'm so excited, guys. We're going to talk about the 2023 first round frenzy. I mean, Twitter's been crazy with it. All your rookie drafts have been crazy. Everybody's coveting those 2023 firsts. And we're going to talk about how to get them today. You know, and before we talk about that, Two quick things I want to go over. Again, guys, last year, the year before that, we teamed up with DraftKits.co, the best draft boards out there. You guys use code SMASH. You get 10% off. They make the custom kits that are behind us. They make everything from your, you know, your basic, like, standard board with all the stickers to the most elaborate, you know, vinyl reusables. They are the best out there. That's, again, DraftKits.co. I, I, I got it right this year, John. I didn't say .com. And, you know, you guys get 10% off. It helps the podcast, and it's just an awesome experience. Speaking of awesome experiences, I'm wearing my SFB9 shirt. I know that's old school, but now we're in SFB12. Congratulations, Mung. Congratulations, John. All three of us from the Smash Accept group yes. in there again this year, ready to uh, just Before dominate the bowl. So Yeah, baby. Congratulations to both of you guys. John, today we're talking about 23 first. I mean, is there anything more exciting? than that right now no this is absolutely all the talk right now this is what our patreon group this is what they want to hear this is all we want to talk about and it's the startup season and the rookie drafts now's the time to kind of look at it the hype is getting a little bit crazy so i've been breaking it down i can't wait to talk about this class though mung you and i you know we talk a lot of trades and we see seriously like thousands a month that we're going over there's so many 2023 firsts i mean what are some of the trends and 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 just how, the excitement is more than I've ever experienced. 2020 was kind of there, but this 2023 class is just so anticipated. Yeah, and I think there are ways to sort of take advantage of that, right? Because we know that the hype on that 2023 class is, and I, I want to say an all-time high, but it's only going to grow over the next few months, and for good reason. Because That's crazy, a though. Lot of talented prospects. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's value to be gained because everyone else is valuing is eva- excuse me valuing those first so highly i mean i'm seeing trade offers on twitter like michael Pittman for a late 2023 first and i think there are probably five or six guys that i'm really really excited about and probably another 10 or so that i'm sort of excited about but i mean michael Pittman has the potential to be a top 10 wide receiver in 2022 i mean you're potentially trading away players if you're contending who could really lead you to a title run and now could potentially be the time to sell some of those firsts for players who you do think could have elite potential this coming season. And John and I have been screaming at it from the rooftops and we're going to say it multiple times today. You got to anticipate, you got to get that crystal ball out and predict where these firsts are going to be. Cause if you get them in that top six, that's a home run, baby. We talk about some of those 11, 12s, you might be able to cash out. So I'm excited. You know, we got a guest on the show today. You know, first he jumped into smash three. 
he put, joined in our Patreon. Honestly, that the the gif of the Spider-Man pointing back and forth. I don't know anybody who aligns. Like it's literally we finish each other's sentences. Welcome to the show. And the reason we're welcoming you on is you're part of the elite eight of having those twenty-three first. You got eight of them in there. John's having a little envy because he's only got six. <laughs> yes, Welcome indeed. to the show, Adam Armor. Oh, thanks, gents. Uh, super stoked to be here. Super stoked to be on the Patreon. And of course, uh, two smash three four. How do those fellas? Yeah, and you're one of the lucky guys. You got in as like uh, you were in four, and then we had an orphan in three. And you're one of the only guys to get in three. Everybody's asking me. Nice. The thing is, they're like, "Yo, Dad, start Smash Six. I want to get in another one." And I'm like, "I, we want to let new people in. We want to yeah. let new groups in." Uh, Adam, what is your vibe of the 2023 first right now? I mean, we're all trying to we're all trying to catch them. We're trying to get them all. Yeah. But talk to me a little bit about it. Yeah, no, I totally. Uh, I mean, obviously, the 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 post the 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 rookie draft. I mean, the buzz has been been really joins it on the you know transitioning to the next class, and I kind of you know starting to see kind of to Mung's point. You know, I th- I kind of think this is I don't want to say a lull in the market, but people are really starting to think about points a little bit more because of the mm-hmm. rookie fever and trying to look at this next year. But um, the fever of twenty three and really looking at that class. I mean, I, I acquired four of my eight in that league. Uh, last year and it's been tough to get the last that those those other four this year but um yeah it's it's definitely a real hot uh, not only commodity but just it's, everybody's talking about it like you guys said yeah and, and and john we talked on the phone and like for me i started in 2015 and for me it was like yo obj evans sammy watkins yeah. they're like yeah. 2014 man it's hard to believe sammy watkins mm-hmm. has fallen that far out of grace but i mean Everybody was vibing about that, right? That was the new buzz. Then 2017, yeah. it was Fournette yes. and Kamara and McCaffrey, you know, and a loaded running back class. Mm-hmm. And then 2020, we have a lot of new people to Dynasty. Dynasty has blown up since 2019. It has really moved in. I mean, at that point, there was probably like 8 to 10 hardcore podcasts. Now there's hundreds, you know, which you guys should be listening to Smash Except, but there's other great ones out there. And that 2020 class brought us, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Burrow, Herbert, Dobbins, Swift, Gibson, Akers, Tua. It just keeps going on and on and on. And now those people that started in 2020 who missed out on all those, now they got a class where they're like, dude, we got to get in on this. We got to get it. John, how close is this 2023 class to 2020? I mean, there's some people that argue it's even better on the elite end. I do think actually on the elite end that there are going to be some arguments. We're going to start breaking it down here some tonight. I've been putting in the research. I think that it, you always risk the hyperbole and overhyping everything, but I absolutely think that it's right there with 2020. I personally got kind of going in Dynasty back in that 2017 class like you were talking about with McCaffrey, Fournette, Mixon, mm-hmm. Cook, all those guys. And you start rattling off some of these prospects that are coming out. It is, first of all, it's just head and shoulders better than 22 class in every aspect mm-hmm. and you just start thinking of some of these blue chip elite prospects coming out you can convince yourself pretty quick that it's about as good as we saw from 2020 so to the point it's a perfect class to really build a dynasty after yeah and, and i really noticed when i built my my 2020 where I, I did a punt in 2019 and i accumulated seven first that team since then has gone 13 and one every single year and, and gone to the ship, you know, and it's like, I didn't have the luck to win it, but I set myself up. And that's what we're trying to anticipate with these 2023 first. That's kind of what we're saying. Uh, first, how do we get them? You know, like, that's the thing. Everybody's talking about, yo, dad, how do I get another 23 first? I know you got eight in this league and five in this league and six in this one. And I'm like, all right, let's let's start talking about it, right? Because you've got to get creative. And it's going to be an interesting process because of where you're at at this point. So in startups, you know, I, I, we had a guy send in as at JBB. 
underscore FF. He has the 103. Guy offered him 208, a 23 first, and a 23 second. Adam, I'm going to let you start out with this one because I know you've done, you know, you did the startup with me in Smash 4. You've been involved in some of those. There is a huge advantage of being in those top four picks. I feel like that is an easy way to get those 23 firsts. But let's talk a little bit about his offer, and then let's talk about that first round because I feel like that's where you make or break your draft, where it's you accumulate those firsts, you move back, you try to get yourself into those situations. Absolutely. I think I think the idea uh, is is sound because everybody wants the top three quarterbacks, right? So demand is going to be at its peak there. And you can take advantage of that when you're looking to punt for a one year and accumulate 23 assets. I think, John, that's kind of what you, you kind of did from my understanding, right? Um, and I think, you know, from that trade, I was looking at it and I really love the idea. But I think if you push yourself to too far late in the second from the 103, you know, one, you really got to nail on those on those uh, the, the, the first and then the picks you get. But you don't have an opportunity for the the tier three quarterback like the, you know, looking at this first end of the first. You know, we're talking about, you know, Mung's boy, Trey Lance. Right. You know, those types of the, on that turn. You know, I think the play is if you're going from 103, try to get a late first. So they still you. get a premium asset. Yes. And then if you the move. Yeah, that's the move because if you want to move to two eight, you can move to two from there to two eight and get more first. Yeah, you know, gives you the optionality. But now if we're you talking. go straight to two, if you get straight to two oh eight, I mean, I think that's just too spendy from what you're giving up from a tier perspective. Yeah, I mean, there you're looking at two oh eight. You know, you got your your big six are gone. Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance, even uh, you know Trevor Lawrence and, and Watson are gone. So you're going to be at that point. You're going to be choosing between you know probably Matthew Stafford's the best quarterback in that two oh eight range. Where you're talking about now, Matthew Stafford in the first for Justin Herbert? No way. I don't want anything to do with that, and it sounds good. But if you can move back from 103 to 110, and in that 110 area, there's Kyler Murray, there's Justin Jefferson, depending who falls. Now somebody wants to go in there, then you move again into that area, and you can potentially come away with two 23 firsts and put yourself in a situation where if we're talking Stafford and two 23 firsts, it's a different ballgame. You know, uh, John. I know you just did yours. Talk to me, and we talked about it a little bit last week, but what is the current value? If I say to you, hey, man, I got a 23 first. I want one of your picks. What's it going to be? Yeah, and this is such an important topic, especially if you're talking about it like a startup and you're pre-draft. You don't know any idea about where these teams are going to finish, what their strategies are. I really feel like you should start thinking about buying a 23 first and at about the 107, 108 mark of 22 rookie drafts. And we're going to talk about that. Another great spot to pick up these 23 firsts is in the current 22 rookie draft that, that you're having right now. So that's that's kind of where I'm breaking it down right now. And I have really looked at the players that are going to be available in that range and absolutely think it'll be worth it. But I'm starting to almost talk to myself into even, even like a 106, just depending on who I'm, might be there, it's it's borderline you, right now. I'm right, I'm I'm right it, there. So exactly. I mean, I put a poll out there today, and I'm like, hey, what at what point in your rookie draft would you just trade your yeah. pick for a random 23 first? You know, right. it's, we don't know if it's early. You know, when I say random, to me, that's like we're feeling it's probably going to be like 108. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. one of the early ones. It's not one of the late yeah. ones. Yeah. And you know, right now, Twitter had 13 percent are willing to pay the 105 and 106. Mm-hmm. Right now. That is Traylon Burks and Jamison Williams. Mung, are you willing to give up a first? You know, are you willing to give up on either of these players for a 23 first at this point? You know, I know you're big on usually Wilson goes four, and then we have, you know, Williams and Burke going five and six. Are you willing to give up either of these players for what we would call a random 23 first? 
Yeah, I mean, I think we've covered that. I'm not particularly high on Burks, so yes, I would take a 2023 first over him. Um, Jameson Williams, I think I would hold on to him over a random 2023 first. But yeah, I mean, I think that five, six, seven range, depending on how high you are on a Sky Moore or a Pitts and Superflex, um, those are guys who are really on the fence where I would probably err on the side of the 2023 first. Um, but yeah, somewhere in that range sounds about right to me. Yeah, and that's what Twitter said. I mean, 107 to 108, they said 51% are willing to give that up. And that's the Olave, Pickett, Sky Moore area. And I feel like thinking in that area, I would definitely give up one of those players for that random 23 first, you know, giving myself that opportunity. 109, 110, that's 32%. And they are random trolls showing up for 111 and 112 at 4%. Gosh. You know, we're going in that area. But, you know, for me, Adam, I'm almost thinking I – I'm looking at this, and I'm seeing 51% at the 107, 108, meaning if I want to get this done, it's probably 105 or 106 to get that random in that area. Um, talk to me about how comfortable you are in that area and where that cutoff is for you, because I think it's different for everybody. We all got our guy. Every draft is different. I've seen – I did one this weekend where, where Jameson Williams went 110, you know, and like I, was, I just kept trying to get in there, you know, and I, I didn't want to give up my 23 first, but I kept trying to get into those spots. So talk to me a little bit about your drafts and how that's looking. Yeah, it's looking the same. I kind of, you know, I'm a, I'm a, and I'm a, for those who don't know me, I'm a financial advisor. So I used to think of it like a bid and ask spread, right? So if, you know, right now the bids are certainly shooting for the seven to nine, but the asks are in that mid range at the first. So, you know, really just league dependent. So some of them, you know, I'm, I'm easily moving. Like I think I moved uh, 109 easily. Uh, is it no, even, not even a discussion, offered it, accepted it. But I think the best thing on the sell side, uh, you know, for the trying to get the 20 to buy the 23 first is on the clock. I mean, that's the, when, the, when you're really going to have mm -hmm. the best value, especially if a player's cut, you know, drops down in that range someone wants. So I mm -hmm. think timing's important too to try to reduce the spread. Yeah. Uh, but overall, yeah, I've been seeing, I haven't really seen, uh, at least in my leagues, Smasher or the other leagues, like I haven't really seen a lot of, you know, five and six picks. I think that's where people want it, but I think where it actually settles is closer to that you know, six, seven, like you guys are saying, because, and I'm, I'm like that, you know, I don't think I want to go higher either because there's still some really good upsides in that middle round. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, certainly now if it's a guaranteed, you know, top four, 23, then obviously it's a smash. But um, I think for an, for a random 23, I think it's that six, seven range. I like it. And then Ty House, one of our listeners that's at resist the tilt. Cool name. You know, he put in two separate drafts and I'm, I'm envious of this dude. He said he traded the 110 to a team that finished bottom five last year. I'm like, what did you want to trade up for 110? And, you know, James Cook area. You know, if you, man, James Cook better hit because if you miss out on a top five pick next year, whoever that guy is, Ty House, you, you, you fleece that guy. You know, yeah, that's an absolute Ouch. smash except. The next one, he said he, got the he gave up the 201 to a contender. Again, what, the contender's Robert. going in there to get Jahan Dotson. What happens if that guy, and Mung and I talked about it last week, you know, you think you have a contender. You lose four guys to injuries. You lose guys to COVID. You know, you lose things. And now all of a sudden, that's the 107. You just got burnt. You know, it's like this isn't the class where you're trading up for the 201, getting a guy that you think is going to be a running back that's really going to perform for you right off the bat or a guy. So, I mean, there, it is out there. You know, I, I know a lot of people are saying, hey, none of my drafts, people are giving up 23 firsts. I've been a part of 15 you know, I've, I only had firsts in about half of them because I've been out on this class, but I've moved them all for 23 firsts. I had to get creative. You know, I had to find the right guy. And I think the biggest thing moving these for these 23 firsts is creativity, masking it up, you know, trying to, uh, you know, polish yeah. up that, 
polish it up a little bit. And, and sometimes it's slight overpay. I recently, in a one-quarterback league, which I'm only in one of those, but I the guy hasn't been in for a while. You know, he's one of those guys. People come out of the woodworks this time of year, right? We have those redraft mentality type players who play Dynasty, but they don't, they're not super active. They're not listening to Smash Except. They're not, you know, taking in all the content. Gave him Hopkins 311 and 411 for a 23 first. To me, that is one where it's like, hey, John, got to get out the cowbell. You know, like, got to have more cowbell. And for him, he was excited about it. He was excited to get Hopkins, you know, but I think now is the time when you're in your rookie draft. You can't just say, okay, any 23 first for this. You got to start getting creative. You got to touch base. You know your league mates. You got to yes. reach out there. Talk to me a little bit about some of your rookie drafts, guys, and, and some of the, the picks that you've seen traded, you know, and some of those moves that you've seen people actually accumulating those picks. Yeah, I'll, ju- I'll jump in and kind of coming back to some of these strategies that I really like. I, one that you just mentioned that I think is is really key is get to know your teammates. Find out the players they like, kind of what, what are their strategies, what are they going for, and then shoot them offers that actually do fit with their strategy. And if you're tossing in a player that they really like or it, it feeds right into a position that they need. And that's, to your point, it kind of does help mask it a little bit, and, and, and that's a good way to do it. Whether that's in the startup, like, somebody just claims, oh, you just sniped me. You just got my player. Well, right there, boom. That's an opportunity to now go ahead and flip that particular player just took on the clock and pick up either uh, a pick and a 23 first, or maybe it's another player that you like in a 23 first. Obviously, you always talk about the insulated trades. Now's a great, great time to be looking at even some young players, but packaging them up and getting a, a 23 first and another player that's perhaps even younger, right? Those are those are some great moves to make, but it's you know certainly the startup. It's certainly then in the rookie drafts, number two. But then it's just keeping in touch with your teammates, staying very active. Put a trade out a day. Keep mm-hmm. going after it until you can kind of find the right mix of picks and players to get what you need out of the, the your, uh, your league mates. That's kind talk- of my view on it. Communication yeah. is key. You know, we all bring about, you know, Adam said he's a financial advisor. And John, I know you're in business and that's how you kind of do deals. Yeah. And me, mm-hmm. I'm, I got a teacher and a sales background. So I'm kind of working those things. Use your advantages of, of, of how you possibly, you know, work out some of those kind of deals because it, it does come into play. And communication is key. If you're open and you're kind of, you don't want to, there's a lot of times people just, they talk down to you or they don't, you got to have a good transaction you got to have a good business transaction where you're working back and forth for me i knew a guy really was a a packers fan and we got to 108 yeah he wants christian watson of course he does you know what i mean so i'm going to talk to him once i get on the clock and i'm like hey your boy's still there you know and and you start to make that conversation adam mung is there any kind of trades you have seen in your rookie drafts where it's like guys are getting creative whether that's you know taking a 22 first and adding like a adam thielen a depreciating asset for those 23 first, trying to move into that next section? Honestly, over my rookie drafts the last month or so, I haven't seen too many 2023 first moves, to be honest. Uh, I think in a lot of our leagues where we're playing with people who are smart and you know staying active throughout the offseason, uh, people are catching on to just how valuable the, the picks in the 2023 class are. Um, one, one trade, I believe it was like two 2024 firsts and two 2024 seconds, uh, for like one of the, I think it was one six to grab picket. 
Um, but I don't know that I would be doing that either. Uh, you know, in general, I just don't think the 2022 class has a lot of the players with potential for elite production like we really want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think in general this year, more than others, I've seen fewer trades done in the first round because people are already kind of wise to the quality of that 2023 class. Yeah, and Adam, that's made it harder. I mean, you and I have noticed, you know, we both have eight in the league and, you know, one of our guys, at Fantasy Nerd Boy, got his ninth and I'm out there trying to get another one. And I know John's, John and I have had more phone conversations in the last month since I've talked him into doing one of these productive struggles than we fun. have is yeah. maybe more than I have with my girlfriend. Learning a lot. It might yep. not be good. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, Adam, how do you get creative? How do you try to, like, in the rookie draft, how do you make, how do you get another first? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, Mung nailed it on the head. I think, you know, really, uh, I think the bit that the, you know, the demand for 23 firsts have shot up since uh, since the rookie draft, right? So, the t- you know, really the time to get your cheap 23s is passed. So that's the first thing. It's Indeed. just the realization, like, you're not going to get a cheap one just throwing someone, you know, some BS offer. So, mm-hmm. back John's uh, John's point about knowing not only your teammates, but also, like, what's their construction? It's mm-hmm. huge because if you throw them something just to be like, no, I'm not going to get rid of, you know, X, Y, Z, even if it's a multiplayer package that, you know, that they really like just because they really love the 23 thirst or even they heard it was a really good class. So I think you got to get creative to, to your point, Dad. And I think, you know, like trying to, you know, uh, within the draft, trying to, you know, maybe give the, your late first and then like a second. Um, like I saw yes. one in the Patreon. Guys, Patreon's awesome check it out just just wanted to throw it out there because like one dude i forgot who wrote it is the 110 and the 201 for 23 i'm smashing that you know like stuff you know stuff like that because people get excited for a couple players in late like dachshund or you know you you know any of those types of guys where we're kind of like you know all right but for the you know it all goes back to the risk adjusted returns right so if you're going to punch punch in a late first and a second in in a okay class right for the upside of what potentially could be a home run top five you know, in their position pick, it's, it's a smash. So those are the opportunities I'm trying to find is those, those people that are rookie fever, if your rookie drafts are still happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I'm also, the other thing I would say is just that once the rookies drafts, we'll probably get into some other stuff here in a bit post rookie draft, but during the rookie draft is trying to, you know, try to trade down or potentially do multiple picks because you know, you're going to get better return and guaranteed increase in return. If you get that 23 first. Yeah, and I think rookie draft, and, and you know, you do it in the startup, your rookie draft is always a good time to try to accumulate something because everybody's there. You have everyone's attention. You know, it's not like That's a right. Smash League. That's right. Smash League, you put a comment out there and 12 people read it within <laughs> the first 20 minutes. You know, in a home league, you might put that comment out there looking for 23 firsts and you might have two dudes look at it in the first week. You know, some of those kind of things. Uh, but, John, I mean, honestly, for me, how, how special is this class? We talk mm-hmm. about it, right? We talk about it all yeah. the time. For me... If Brees Hall is in this class, he goes 104, 105, yeah. maybe even 106. Mm-hmm. Drake London, maybe 108, 109. Yeah, and those might be the only two guys that make it in the first round of this. Maybe Kenneth Walker in that 111, yeah. 112. And that's crazy. We're talking mm-hmm. about like a combined really mock draft. The guys in this class are absolutely special. And the crazy thing is... This year, you know, we only had one quarterback. Next year, there is two right off in the top. But for me and for you, I mean, that mm-hmm. first guy is Bijan Robinson. I mean, Bijan Robinson yes. is that running back that just the athletic profile, everything about this guy. That he's he's an absolute home run waiting to happen every yeah. every single time. He's fantastic. He really is. 
He's got he's he's a three down type of back. Talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about him. And I mean, yeah. I'm hearing guys in the community say right off the bat he's the RB one, RB two. You know, like yeah. in that kind of conversation. Yeah, th- I I love Bijan Robinson. I think that he's going to be a clear 101. And I'm going to say this right now here. I actually believe that as soon as he's drafted, he will be a first round startup pick this time next year. Mark my words. And this as is why the 101 did- is so important, right? We talk yes. about this. Every single time we talk about doing your rebuilds right, doing your retools right, making sure you do that productive struggle, the key to it all is knowing the format and getting the 101 because the 101 gives you so much leverage here. Yeah, so let me just break this down for just a minute. And I I have to gush about this guy. I happen to be a Texas Longhorn myself. I've watched every snap the guy's played, and he he really is special. He really just has the perfect profile that the entire fantasy universe has aligned on from the analytics – the production, the film, the size, the speed. So he's six foot two fifteen, perfect size for a three down running back. He was, oh by the way, the number one high school recruit coming out, five star, top fifteen nationally, top running back. Freak athlete with the speed. He's gonna absolutely tear up the combine. Just wait for that one. Um, and he's just a guy when you watch him, he's a threat to score from anywhere in the field. He really actually reminds me a bit of Saquon and how Saquon runs. And he may have the best incoming running back profile since Saquon. And I know that sounds crazy, but believe it now. And again, he has the bell cow profile. He can play on all three downs. He's that perfect modern running back fit where he can line up out wide. He can run routes. He has great hands. And again, the production is there too. Like right out of the gate, his freshman year, he averaged over eight yards per attempt. And then this past year, he racked up over 1,400 total yards, 15 touchdowns on an average Texas team, by the way, average offensive line. And so he, he truly is special. Everything about it, the profile, frankly, I think if he had already left, if he could have come out, he might have actually gone in the first round. And Absolutely. I know it's crazy these days for that to happen, but I expect him to have first round draft pedigree after the combine. And so and all was, of that I combined, one on one. Just gonna get yeah. in there on that because yeah. I was talking with Thor and I was talking with Travis May and Matt Hicks, mm-hmm. and they were saying the same thing. Like, not yeah. just first round draft capital. This could be a top fifteen, top could ten be. type could pick be. at running back. We haven't seen that since Saquon Barkley. Just needs and to this stay is healthy. like, I, I I could yeah, I could feel the excitement because you know you got the one on one. Adam knows he has the one on one in his leagues. I know I have the one on one in mine, and it's just like the excitement yeah. of that. And this year, Seriously. there's there's yeah. a couple other guys in that same same mm-hmm. tier. I mean, I think yeah. you know you got to look at C.J. Stroud, you got to look at Bryce Young. Yes. There's two two you know quarterbacks here who have an elite yeah. profile. Where this year we're like, if you were waiting for a quarterback this year, you were just hoping Malik Willis was going to mm-hmm. be something small hands, Kenny Pickett, and then we get these two guys. And I think you know you got Stroud at Ohio yeah. State, Bryce Young at Alabama. They got that pedigree. Talk to me mm-hmm. a little bit here. Yeah. And Adam and Monk, feel free to chime in. John's just, he's going to just yeah, blow just been, on these guys here. Yeah, I'm just like, I got the fever already. And so let me talk about these guys. Um, and I and just to kind of back up for a second, I have, as of now, five truly elite players. We already talked about Bijan. You just mentioned Stroud and Bryce Young. And I'm going to add two more, Jameer Gibbs and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Those yeah. five, for sure, I have as true elite blue chip 23 first round picks and i think you can make an argument that you could take all of them ahead of Breesaw. yeah now and we're going to get into that but we start debating at six there with it with yeah. on Butte, you know I, and i think that's yeah that's right that's right and, and so coming back to stroud and bryce young first of all there's going to be huge huge demand for both these guys because they're already proven assets we're going to be debating the two of them which one's qb1 but 
the answer is both, I think. And there's nothing more valuable than young QBs in Superflex, right? These are most likely going to be top three picks in the NFL draft. And I think they'll be consent. They already are consensus top three rookie picks for next year. And so the fact that there really weren't any capable first round 22 rookie picks this year just makes it even that much more the demand. I mean, you're talking about stocks over here that the, the demand for this, these stocks are going to be sky high. And so that alone is just going to drive the value of these up and up and up. But if you just kind of break these guys down, um, Stroud is, is, is truly incredible. He's 6'3", 218, and he's absolutely crazy accurate. The stats, 44 touchdowns and six interceptions as a sophomore. I mean, that's ridiculous. 4,400 yards passing. He's really going to be the incoming favorite to win the Heisman at Ohio State. I think the only knock I've heard is that he just doesn't run the ball a lot, um, but he, he just hasn't needed to. He's deadly accurate. He can throw any, anywhere in the field, make all the throws, great arm strength. Um, and he's, he's very different, though, than Bryce Young because Bryce Young is a smaller guy. He's 5'11", he's, um, but he's much more mobile. And so uh, just a different style quarterback, just makes plays, scrambles in the pockets, great deep ball. Just won the Heisman. So, the, I mean, these guys are both proven. Um, I, I think that it could come down to, do you like those quarterbacks that have the rushing capability? You know, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, they've proven that these guys like Bryce Young can win in the NFL. So he will get knocked a little bit on the size, but he's got the production. He's got the, the pedigree. He's kind of got everything. And so these are both, in my mind, going to be the next two guys off the board. I think I'm pretty confident saying those will – likely be consensus top three picks starting um, in the 2023 rookie class. And, you know, I, I feel like Gibbs is going to push himself into yes. Gibbs and Jigba in that four spot, yeah. four five spot. Smith and Jigba to me yeah. is, is pretty, he's going to be in a tier with JJ and with Could Jamar be. Chase when he comes yeah. out. I mean, this guy is yeah. that good. You look at a guy from Ohio state who, mm-hmm. who, you know, basically outperformed, Two first-round wide receivers. I mean, he clearly did. And the game that he had where, where both of them sat in the in the bowl game, absurd. Yeah. Over 300 yards. I mean, this is a guy that is 347. going to fall out. So yeah, he well, set records. Yeah, he also, by the way, set an Ohio State receiving record his sophomore year. When you think yeah. of all the guys that have come out of Ohio State. When you outperform two guys that just went in the top 15 of the NFL draft, this guy's it's going to be nuts next year. I think he's a top 10 to 15 pick in the NFL draft. And this is why we're talking about this is so important, you know, and it's so important to get those guys. And we're going to come back to to the rest of that list, but I want to keep moving here for sure. What we really want to just say is there are five dudes who are going Mm -hmm. to go in in the top three to four startup rounds, you know, and that's why we're saying it's so much value. We're talking about guys seven, six through 12. John, I think are, are there's guys there that are going to be going rounds yes. four, five, six, seven, right. you know, and it's right. going to be littered with some serious value. And the the thing I want to talk about next, and you guys know, you know, coined this term. This is something that's like near and dear to me, and I, I love it when I talk in the Patreon. People are like, "Yo, Dad, we pulled off one of those insulated trades." Right now, that 2023 class, if you can get these kind of insulated trades, is where it's at. And I want you to hear me out here a little bit. For running backs, I am making these kind of moves. Only guys I'm not doing it for are the top six. You know, JT, Najee, Swift, Javante, CMC, and Breeze. Everybody else. Okay. And this is something that, that I was saying to one of my buddies, and he thought I was nuts. If I have David Montgomery, 
I might trade him for a 23 first. If I have Dobbins, if I have Kamara, if I have Eckler, Mixon, Saquon, these kind of guys, and try to get something on top of that, because that 23 first, once we get in the season, it can't get hurt. It can't right. get injured. Only if Saquon up. goes down week two, now I have a 23 first. I can buy Dalvin Cook in week 12 you know, and do those kind of moves. Running backs in such a volatile spot where I've been making moves where I'm like, I'm giving up Eckler, but I'm getting... You know, I'm getting a guy like Jacobs plus a 23 first. So Jacobs is that rental. And then I get a 23 first where it'll be worth potentially more than Austin Eckler next year. And we've never had this. And that's why I'm kind of coming up with this a little bit outside of those top six running backs. Same thing with wide receivers. We talked about it last Mm -hmm. week outside of the top six again. You know, if you look at Dynasty Trade Calculator, they do a great job of trying to see where these firsts, you know, anticipate outside of Chase, Jefferson, Lamb, Cup. T. Higgins and A.J. Brown, I'm considering moving these guys. I'm considering moving. We talked about Devontae Adams for that 23 first and Brandon Cooks. Get yourself a, a Brandon Cooks, an Adam Thielen, a Robert Woods, a guy that's going to give you production there, and then you get, if you're win now, and then get a little bit there at the end. Because you can buy, we're talking about this 23 capital is so much, you're going to be able to buy things. You're going to yeah. be able to get it done. You're going to be able to give up, mm-hmm. you know, Deontay Johnson, who's great. I love Deontay Johnson, but maybe you get you know, a, a Jerry Judy plus, you know, you got Diggs, Metcalf, Waddle, Moore, London. Those yeah. guys are young guys, but I'm potentially willing to give up them plus a 23 first to go out there. And I know I'm on a rant. I'm going to get my last one. Tight end is just Kyle Pitts. Anything outside of Kyle Pitts, I will take the 23 first over. And I just did, you know, and I know I got razzed about this, but I want to talk about it. So I got right now we're talking about, we want those guys in that situation today. I dealt in tight end premium in one of my absolute smash contenders, I have Ertz and Kittle on my bench behind Kelsey. And, you know, thanks to Adam and, and John, you guys actually helped me work through this trade. But what I ended up doing was I got a guy, and there's no tight end who I'm buying more. He was a tight end three overall last year. He's going tight end eight in redraft, tight end nine in dynasty, and he's just 25 years old with a top 10 quarterback. It's Dalton Schultz. You know, I got Dalton Schultz. And a 23 first, which will be, okay, it was the 103 last year. It still projects in that 103 to 105 range. I gave up Ertz, Kittle, and a 24 third for Schultz, Higby, and that 23 first. That 23 first will be the most expensive piece in that package when it's all said done. So I know I went off there on a rant. Talk to me a little bit. What do you guys think about these kind of insulated trades and just adding that value? Because outside the top six, at wide receiver and running back, there are guys that are going to be worth more coming out of that. We'll start with you, Adam. You know, I know I sound a little bit crazy on some of this, but if you're not an absolute contender, I'm not saying if you're win now and you're gonna you're gonna win it all. I'm not saying give up Derrick Henry. I'm not saying give up Devontae Adams right now. But if you're in that middle of the pack, this is the time where you can really start to you know gain some value. Absolutely. Or one thing that you're also doing, some of your teams that we we're talking about, is just adding. Uh, insulation to your team for that growth of the 23 that you could flip midseason just to make yourself from the top two, top three into the champ. You know, that's the other thing mm-hmm. too. But yeah, absolutely. Like that's that trade's a smash in my opinion. But like uh, like a couple other ideas in the same line light, like like an idea I had, I was actually going to think about doing this in smash three, but I'll probably not be able to get it done now. But I, I think it's a cool idea is. Uh... <laughs> hey, welcome. Welcome to my world, right? We <laughs> yeah, talk about exactly. all these. And they're like, yo, dad, we can't do that deal. You just told us you it was a bad on idea pod, on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yo, and then I get the ones where it's like, yo, dad, you said you would accept this kind of deal. And I'm like, 
It doesn't mean I'm going to 100% of the time, but go ahead, man. I love that. Yeah, but you know, like, like, uh, like in that lat league, I'm contending. I'm definitely not not contending with your your smash three or smash. Uh, excuse me, uh, Smeagol and a few other guys. But I'm kind of in that middle mid pack, and uh, but I got some good youth pieces, and I'm and I'm going for it. I'm thinking like like a Mixon Kirk or like a, a you know Dalvin Cook, you know Dotson for Fournette in a 23 first. You know, get somebody that you want to contend with like Fournette, which we all I think we all see okay. as easy top eight, right? Someone yeah. that that probably has two to, you know, two to three years left in his, in, in being with this good mm-hmm. situation, even if Brady leaves, but he's definitely going to have that upside. So going from Mixon and cook, you're probably going down, you know, a spot, but you're still getting an RB one. You give up, you know, maybe an, a, a slight upside wide receiver, but in my opinion, ceilings capped for a 23 first that you can still. So basically yeah. you're just weeding your bench a little bit. So I wouldn't do this for like a, a you know, a team that doesn't have depth. But if you have depth in that piece and the other players looking for an upgrade in running back, which in that particular league he is, you know, that's a smash for me because you can insulate yourself. You can flip it later. Like it. Or if, if you decide that, hey, you know what, I'm going to dump for next year, you can sell, you know, midseason and get, you know, that's another time period where 23 is going to be worth, you know, less. I mean, you know, I want to say less than now, but your points are what people are thinking about midseason. Right. Yep. So right that's on. where you can really season. flip that. That's yeah. what we talk about when we do our, our rebuilds is the best time to get those picks is when, you know, they need an asset and they need to do something. John, I mean, is this mm-hmm. an, I, I love the insulated trades and usually my yeah. insulated trade is trade. You know, we've talked about some of these where I traded Devonte Adams before, you know, before this year to get maybe uh, AJ Brown in a first, you know, and now all of a sudden that AJ Brown's worth more than Devonte Adams and that first is worth more than Devontae Adams. Now this is the ultimate time. If you can pull some of these moves, like I said, I think there's only yeah. six running backs, six wide receivers, and one tight end that I mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable just doing this. Like even right. if it's I'm getting I'm giving up J.K. Dobbins and I'm getting Gus Edwards and a and a first and maybe something on there. Some of these handcuffs where it's like, dude, that pick is going to be worth more. Those handcuffs yeah. could get, jump up. I mean, talk to me a right. little bit. Well, yeah, and I felt better, like, because, look, I'm hesitant, too, to, to move off a guy like Alvin Kamara, right? But you can get the next Alvin Kamara with the Jameer Gibbs. He, he actually reminds me of that, and he's going to be playing at Alabama. This guy has a chance to even sneak into the first round. Electric with the ball in his hands, catches the ball well, in crazy burst, long speed. He's got everything you want. But, he, but I'll, I'll put it this way. There's actually four – running backs in this class that I would actually draft ahead of Kenny Walker easily. We already talked about Bijan and Jameer Gibbs, but there's two other guys, Zach Evans, who's going to be playing at Ole Miss and Sean Tucker who's going to be playing at Syracuse. These guys are, are absolutely going to be premier young running back assets. It's going to, I think it's going to feel a little bit like that 2020 class that we were just talking about yeah. with all those running backs coming out. These guys all look legit. Like, this kid Sean Tucker, out of Syracuse, he's he's like a track athlete, and apparently he's been clocked at running like high four twos, low low four threes, and he's five ten two oh nine. I mean, he he's 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 basically Kenny Walker, a little bit bigger, but also just crazy faster. Like you just start doing looking at the the athleticism and the measurables, and you start to geek out on this class. Zach yeah, Evans, looking he, he for- was. Man, this is just, it gets me excited. And we talk about getting, getting the guys that we always come in and and just hearing what Hicks and Waldman are going to say about these guys. Like it's only going to build. Can't wait. Mung, John and I get excited. You know, I know Adam gets excited and I, myself, sometimes I'm like 
trying to find that new trend before it happens, or I'm trying to, you know, push that new thing. You're always the voice of reason for me. So, so talk to me a little bit. I know you're a little bit, you know, let's cash out on some of these 23 first. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, what I was saying and some of the ideas that, that you're having right now. Yeah, well, first, I think this is going to be another class as it, as it seems right now, it feels to me similar to 2020, where people were getting Jamar Chase and Najee Harris at the 1-4, 6 because, mm-hmm. you right. know, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, these guys were commanding the early picks in Superflex leagues, and that could very well be something that we see again a year from now. Yeah. Um, and then mm-hmm. a, a guy that I would compare, not necessarily in play style, but in terms of valuation right now, is Butte, where he seems to yeah. be, you know, in a separate tier um, behind mm-hmm. Smith and Jigba for most. But we saw that Jalen Waddle really had a massive rookie year, even yeah. though Chase was the consensus number one wide receiver in that class. So I think there's going to be quite a bit of value, possibly even down to the one seven one eight, depending on how yeah, you know, their seasons so. shake out. So I mean, that's one thing where I wouldn't necessarily you know, scoff at a mid or late 2023 first. Uh, But at the same time, like I said before, I I just did my very early top 200 redraft rankings. And that's why I've been starting to think, well, where is some value that could be had where people are so excited about the 2023 class that you might get very productive players, you know, with those mid or potentially late 2023 first. And I mentioned Pittman a little bit earlier. Um, another guy that I'm really high on is Cortland Sutton. Now that Russell Wilson is in Denver, I think he's being slept on a little bit where you could probably get Sutton for a very late 2023 first. And you might even get be able to get a second on top of Sutton, given how these 2023 firsts are being valued right now. So, again, you know, I've mentioned this on previous shows, but when you do have a savvy dynasty GM who might have already collected six or seven 2023 firsts, you know, it's going to be really hard for you to rebuild in a year, maybe even two. Great so point. why not try and go the other way, you know, grab some guys like an Allen Robinson, a James Conner, guys like these who are being sold, you know, willy nilly almost for 2023 20, seconds in some in some respects uh, and, you know, make a title run before that new dynasty GM with all these 2023 rookies is going to dominate for the foreseeable future. That's a great point. We talk about those, those third, those seconds are important, but you know, I, I talked about it all the time. You know, Josh Smith's great guy. You know, he's going to probably win smash three. And he's like, I'm reluctant to give you another one because I got to win it now because when, if, 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 and when these guys hit and then John and smash five, you know, if you go on dynasty nerds projections, he has four of the top five picks. And I know that just gets him all giddy over there. But I mean, like, those are <laughs> yes. the kind of things where it's like, I've been in leagues with, with some real ballers, some guys in the, the analysts that in 2017, you know, they ended up getting the whole class. And I've been in leagues where guys get the whole class of 2020. And guess what? They don't lose for a long time, you know? So it's it's a great point to zig while other people are zagging because if you got a shot this year, go do it. So I got a trade here and I'm going to jump with you on this first, Adam, um, you know, kind of getting yourself jumping right in the, the smash, except breaking things down here. The first trade we have sent in from Jesse Morgan. That's at the third J Morg. We got, now he didn't go deep into this one, but he said it's Derek Henry or Cortland Sutton and Cortland Sutton. 
which I, I threw that in. John's favorite running back, Mung's favorite wide receiver to talk about, or James Cook, a 23 first, and Huntley in Superflex. Now let's just call that 23 first mid, and let's talk about it. Yeah, so, the, uh, you know, uh, Mung nailed it, and that's kind of what I was thinking through with this trade is like, you know, definitely trying to get the 23 first, but, you know, the, the Cook, you know, this is definitely someone that loves Cook. I mean, it's obvious, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if personally, I think that's an overpay, and I, I'm going Henry and Sutton here because just the upside on both of those players, especially Henry, right? You're talking about the RB1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 28 years old. But if you're talking about a mid now, that's where back to your boy's point about the positioning and the projections. You know, when I read that, I see see saying late 23 first. But even if you go mid 23 first, you know, I still like Sutton and Henry there. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing there is it's I mean, the time to sell Derrick Henry is not now. And I have so many people saying, yo, I got an offer of 110 for Derrick Henry. You're not selling Derrick Henry right now. Derrick Henry in eight weeks put up with, you know. He was still a top 10 running back for the entire year for what he did. So now is not the time to sell. The interesting point here is I think the Henry Sutton side won on Twitter. You know, it was 56-44. But it's a lot closer than you would anticipate, you know, thinking that 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 difference in there. Um, John, I mean, you know, we've talked talked about Cook last week on the podcast. You know, this is an interesting situation where if I'm in a rebuild, I'm taking a shot at Cook in 23 first, you know, but if I'm not, it's got to be Henry and Sutton. I mean, Henry and Sutton definitely have value in there, and I think you could probably do better off since Sutton could increase in value, should increase yeah. in value, will increase in value, is to get James Cook a 23 first for Henry in a second is how I would have broken this one down. Right. Yeah, I think I think that's about right. This is actually a move that I probably would make as a contender to go get Derrick Henry, could, who could be the RB1 this season, especially in a points-per-carry season. He certainly was tracking that way. And if people forget, he really hasn't been injured very much throughout his career. I get the foot injury, but he should be back fine. We already see this guy running like 50 miles per hour uphill. I mean, he's like he's like a modern day gladiator, this guy. So I think that he'll be fine for a couple more seasons, play out the contract. So Henry Sutton in a contender move. I like it. But yeah, I mean, if you've shopped Derrick Henry in your league and you really feel like you need to move him now, you're worried about something. Okay, I, I think the advice is I'd hold, wait till he starts blowing up again early in the season. To your point, Dad, then move him, and get more than James Cook in a twenty-three first. That that would be my move. But look, I get it. You know, James Cook, if you believe in this guy, I do. And yeah. you think the twenty-three first? I mean, I'm not completely bought in. Like we talked about, it seems like it's a random twenty-three first, maybe late. So it's that I, crystal I, ball, John. You got to get it yeah. out. If if that one looks like. You know how sometimes the guy thinks it's mid, but it could be 101? Yeah. You know? The other thing you got to look at, and I, I think yeah. I don't think enough people are paying attention to it. I made a deal in a, a league there where the guy the last two years has finished sixth in the league, but he's won the consolation bracket that's mm-hmm. won the 101. So the worst team won't get the 101, which I hate that. But that's an area yeah. where I'm targeting a guy that might be in that four through seven mm-hmm. range because he's going to get me that 101. And I, I think that's a little bit outside thinking. I like but that. Interesting trade there. Mung, another one here, and we're going to go on your guy. This is C at C, the man C, an early 23 first in Superflex, or your boy Jalen Waddle. Now, Jalen Waddle had a productive, fantastic rookie season. Where would be that line for you in that 23 class of where you'd make this move, and would you take this one? Twitter has this one 54 to 46, so pretty close. 
Yeah, I was incredibly high on Jalen Waddell after that rookie season. You know, in some respects, he performed very similarly to Jamar Chase, which a lot of people I don't think mm-hmm. fully realized. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, unfortunately, I do think that Waddle's short-term upside over the next season or two is significantly capped with Tyree Kill there now. Um, part of it was target volume that we projected for Waddle. Uh, even in an offense where maybe Tua wouldn't be the most efficient deep passer. But with Hill just hogging a lot of that target share at this point, uh, I think I would lean the 2023 first since it is you know, projected to be early according to the poll. Adam, John, anything to add to that one? I mean, where is the line? Because if you can tell me that I'm going to get Smith and Jigba, instead of Jalen Waddle, given the, the Tyreek Hills there and capping it off, I feel like if you say that's four and up, I'm smashing. I'm smashing the pick. What yeah, about you, John? I'm smashing it too. I mean, we just t- talk about stocks again, and AA can weigh in on this too. But I think that it's pretty clear to me that that early first will continue to a- appreciate in value. No question about it. We all know that. The laws of dynasty fantasy football. But with Jalen Waddle, I think that there is a chance that he actually does struggle to live up to expectations in what could actually be a run-heavy team with Tua and the short intermediate, he's going to get his. And, and we know he's going to show out plenty of games. But with Tyreek Hill capping it with other playmakers in the offense now, the value sits on the, t- the early 23 first side here. Adam, anything to add to those two? I mean, I, I totally agree with both of them. Anything you want to add? No, I'm a, I'm a huge Waddle fan. So I'm I'm a, I'm not necessarily a smash, but I'm definitely leaning on the first, especially if it's early. But I think just, it's you know, I would just say the time to get Waddle is now but just not with a 20 early 23 first. I mean, that's what I would say. Go get him another means, hang on to that that first. And then, uh, and then, you know, you're going to be able to get him probably cheaper in mid season when Tyreek's playing well. Great call. You know, and everyone acts like it has to be that 23 first for that pick. I mean, I have to trade this player. Get creative. Think about it a little bit. One sent in from uh, Matt from our, our Patreon, another new guy here. Fantastic. That's Mcron 91. Now he's got a doozy here. All right. So you get, get your pen and paper out. So this, he has five 23 firsts already, okay? Side one, make sure you guys are ready for this one. I put it in the chat. It's Calvin Ridley, Pat Fryermuth, 105, 102, 110, and two 23 firsts. This is the mother of big boy deals. I mean, that is like a team right there. On the other side, Deshaun Watson, Dalvin Cook, Terry McLaurin, Alexander Madison, Kyle Pitts, a 24 second and a 23 second. So, I mean, this is a lot to digest here. He did not say which side he's on. He crossed it all out on both sides. He he wrote, would love you guys to discuss this one. He goes, I, I have five 20, 23 firsts already. He sent the pick side. So it's 0.5 and it's a one quarterback league. So make sure you assess that properly when we look at guys like Deshaun Watson. So he's ready to just push the chips in. What are we talking about here? Mung, I'm going to let you break it down because, you, you know, you and I do it in mathematical type equations. You know, we put Fryermuth plus this equals this, that equals this. Did you, did you have time to break this one down? Because this is like this is like the mother of trades. This is crazy. Yeah, this one's uh, definitely a handful. I have my Excel spreadsheet open in front of me as we speak. I figured you did. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you you almost have to, right, when you're kind of breaking these down, because if you're just looking at, at it at a glance, it's really hard to decide which side. Um, and this one's really close, because like you said, one quarterback league, 
obviously love Deshaun Watson as a top 10, maybe even top five option if he doesn't get a suspension. Um, but it's definitely devalued one quarterback. I look at it as if we're breaking down the 1-2, the 1-5, and the 1-10, more or less I would say pretty equal to Cook, McLaurin, and Watson. Agreed. So those, those six pieces are, are sort of a wash for me. And then it really comes down to the two 2023 firsts for Pitts and a 2023 second and a 24 second, right? That's kind of the meat of the deal remaining mm-hmm. because to me, Madison and Fryermuth and Ridley, those guys kind of cancel out. Those are more ancillary pieces in a deal of this magnitude. So it's tough because a lot of it does come down to where you think those two 2023 firsts are going mm-hmm. to end up. Right? And he because... has five of them, so I'm I'm thinking, you know, he's a sharp guy. He's in one of our chats. These are probably more the projecting late ones, I would assume. Right, and because of that, I mean, if we're going to make that assumption, I do think that Pitts and two second-round rookie picks are probably worth more than to let's call them mid or late 2023 firsts absolutely um, obviously that that's a little bit different if you're expecting those first to be you know one one and one two um, but as of now given what we know based on that screenshot of the deal i do lean the pit side so before i read pits i was like oh man he's really just pushing the chips all in like this is taking some serious capital of a dynasty team that could dominate for six years and then putting it into this situation. Uh, Adam, you know, you and I talked about it in the group chat. There are, every year, you know, we said, hey, you know, Chase and Pitts might be worth four first last year. Okay, maybe in 2022, you know, you were probably getting three. Now people are like, oh, they might still be worth three or four first. Given what we know about the 2023 class, there are very few guys here that I would even consider outside of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes of talking about three 23 firsts. Yeah, like I said earlier, like like that time was uh, you know six months ago. Uh, right now, you're that it's going to be two firsts unless you have you know top three, top four QBs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, otherwise it's two firsts. Kind of like last episode, you guys were talking about two firsts can basically buy you except for your your top guys. You're gonna get right on. Uh, you know right on. You know you know. So like I sold, uh, I think I told on the uh, told Dad this. Sorry, hold your ears, Mung. But I sold you know uh, Lance for two firsts, two twenty three firsts, and I felt that that was about right. You know. Um, Hey, by the way, Mung, I actually did instruct someone to trade for Trey Lance because it was a 23 first and a 24 first. There were witnesses. I did put that out there. (laughs) So it wasn't two 23 firsts. And he goes, I thought you didn't like Lance. And I'm like, how many times do I got to go over this? I do not. I never said I don't like Trey Lance. I'm just saying the price is there. So, Adam, I like that. Talk to me a little bit about this deal then because we're talking about Pitts. Pitts is that one guy. Pitts, Chase, uh, Jefferson, are the yeah. only guys that I'm thinking in that area that are approaching three firsts. Talk to me here. Yep. So for, for me, I mean, you got to think about, you know, the, the only thing that I probably add to that, cause Mung nailed it on the head, was just the pure value. But I also have, you have to look at what is this team? What are these picks? What are, what is all this going to be worth in a year from now? Mm-hmm. And if you look at these pieces, you know, Pitts, you can't get much higher than his position, right? I'm not saying he's going to go down, but, from an upside perspective, I mean, you have the two seconds could probably appreciate a little bit, but you're talking about, you know, Ridley is a lottery pick, but you can't get much lower. I mean, so I'm looking at the actual, what's the upside in value generation. And if, you know, of course, if you're going for it this year, I totally get the other side, but if you are middling or not, you know, or, or you're punting it for me, it's, it's, it's the other side. 
Yeah, no, it, it's a tricky one. Uh, John, without breaking this one too deep, you know, because we got a lot of trades to kind of go over. Are you going pit side or are you going pick side? Just to break the tie. Just all this talk about all the picks. I almost it's exciting, want to just right? take that punt side and, you yeah. know, Calvin Ridley sitting out and you, you lower your max points for, you got Farmouth, it's on the way. I almost want to do it, but I do right. actually agree that there's a slight value edge for the pit side. So it's and, kind of, it's close enough to where, you know, pick, pick the strategy you want to go with and make it work. And Matt, that's a great trade. What, what I got to say is the, the differentiator to me is he is getting all of those players and then he still has three 23 firsts. So now yeah, he's like got that. Watson, who's a QB1. Like he's got Dalvin, who's an RB1. He's mm-hmm. got McLaurin, who's mm-hmm. a wide receiver too. He's got the tight end one with Kyle Pitts. And then you throw in, he's got three 23 firsts. Assuming, it, you know, those are going to be some of the younger, earlier ones. He could get some more running backs, you know. And that's that was the saving grace for me because I saw all those picks. And I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh, what's going to happen here? But Matt, overall, great trade. Another one sent in from Jake Bratton. That's eight, at jbratto22. He said, 10-team super flex, PPR contender, hashtag smash accept. I love it. Brings brings a tear of joy to my eyes when I see that on there. He's given Brees Hall to receive Stefan Diggs and a late 23 first. Now, John, I, I, I held you out of the last one. You know I love Brees Hall. Brees Hall is the 101 of this class. Sorry, Monk. But no, even, even if we're in that spot, are you giving up Diggs and a 23 first to move up to 101? Where are we at here? Yeah, this is pretty. This is pretty tight. Uh, I actually think that the value may be on the the Brees Hall side here, given that we think that this is a a late twenty three first. Mm-hmm. It is. Look, I gotta say, it's it is pretty close. I'm kind of sizing it up here as we speak. And okay, well, let's um, hold on. But I, I, playing I, playing I, devil's advocate here, real quick. Yeah. Because Adam and I have been talking about this and and mm-hmm. Mung and that twenty three first. You just flip it real quick for Leonard Fournette. Add, yeah. you're Stephon Diggs and Leonard right Fournette on. or Brees Hall. If yeah. you're, it's about what you can do with a cascade trade because I love mm-hmm. Brees Hall, but mm-hmm. if you give me Diggs and Fournette on a contender, that's a tough. That's a tough yeah, thing to I pass up. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah, there, there really is just straight up more value on the pick Diggs side. I think you could plug that into any calculator to convince yourself. Brees Hall is super appealing. These young running backs. He was like the the clear tier break for this class, but you're right. I think that as a contender, you would rather flip that 23 first, even maybe consider what you could get for digs as well. And you're going to get, end up with more value out of it. Um, so yeah, I feel that that's, that's an interesting, very interesting trade actually, if you break it down. Yeah, and Mung, I saw your rankings and I, I saw your article. I mean, I was talking about, you know, Leonard Fournette here a little bit. And I, I know I talk about him every episode, but I mean, that feels like the perfect cascaded trade there. And I know you and I both love digs, but Diggs in that 23 first or Brees Hall, what are you taking, Monk? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of voiced my hesitations on Hall. While I do have him in the top tier of this rookie class, you know, I, I don't think he's the 101, and I'm mm-hmm. not convinced that he's going to be a top 12 running back at least this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think I have him RB 21, 22 in that range in my redraft ranking, something like that. So mm-hmm. while I do think he's going to be the lead back for the Jets, uh, I'm not quite sure that he's going to see more than 60, 65 percent of the workload, and even then, we've yet to see you know how efficient they're going to be with touchdowns, um, with adding you know uh, Wilson to more, and with Will- Zach Wilson's development. So yeah. to me, I, I would still Good want the, the top ten wide receiver 
um, you know, in redraft. I, I know that Diggs is probably, I think he's almost 29 years old at this point, but, you know, tied to Josh Allen in a very efficient offense, he's still going to have value for at least a couple seasons, I think. And then, again, that 2023 first might be projected late, but you never know with that one either. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to make this move for Holland. As you yeah. as you said, you know, with that trade, you also have the option to move that 2023 first in season for a guy like Fournette or even better, depending on the hype of the 2023 class at that point. I have made one pick across my – I have one more draft left. In 14 of my drafts, I have made one first-round selection. It has been Brees Hall. I traded the 110, and this is in a 10-team league because you want them studs. I gave up the 110, my 23 first, which is probably going to be 110 because I've won four years in a row, and Dalton Schultz. So two two firsts and a second. And what what kind of value is this enough for you for Brees Hall? I love Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall he's he's my RB six in dynasty. But is this enough to give him up for you, Adam? Uh, absolutely. So the reason, here's my reasoning, gents, is, uh, looking at where does Brees Hall go in 2023 draft? He goes six, seven, you know, somewhere around there. Yeah. And you're going even worst case scenario, it's the 12th pick you're going down six, you know, five, let's just say four to four to seven picks and you're getting Stefan Diggs on a contender smash for me. I'm, like not, I'm not arguing it too much, you know, like I, I love Hall. That's the way I would have looked at it, too. It's just difficult. I, I love hearing, you know, different mentalities of how we break this down. Another guy from the Patreon, uh, Brian Russell at BRSF49ers, circling back. And he, and he we worked through this one, and this has got a, a plug to the Patreon. Is like, dude, we break down trades as a group, and we talk about them, like, big time. He, he pitched this one out there multiple times, but he's not – he's he said 12-team Superflex – the 205 pick is on the clock now. Okay, he was like, do I take Dotson, Willis, you know, do I take Matt Corral, do I take Mechie, Bell? I'll probably stick to what's on the board. But at the time, he was ended up getting a 23 first, the 205, the 24 second, or Trevor Lawrence. So this is 12-team super flex. Trevor Lawrence has fallen out of grace with many people. Um, Adam, talk to me about this trade a little bit because – Trevor Lawrence was the the second coming, yeah. generational talent. I saw a poll out there. So yeah. a lot of people don't even believe he's, you know, a, an above average starter in this league. I still think he's a superstar and a guy that yeah. I like to build around. I know on this particular trade, I was advocating try to move Tua because that was his other quarterback. I was like, he has Tua, Lance, and Daniel Jones. I'm like, move Tua for that 23 first if you're going in that area. But talk to me. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I had just because of his his cost last draft. I had zero shares. I loved him, obviously, but just the He's cost. Going one oh six startup. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it was just Wild. you know I just couldn't pay that price, no matter how much I loved him, which I still do. But right now is the perfect time to buy him. And I think even though that's a pretty good haul for him, I think that you know I think it's it's not a smash, but I certainly like the T law side because you can you certainly have enough insulation not only with his age, his uh, you know being the the one hundred and one, and on both the real NFL and the the, the fantasy draft uh, where and and plenty of upside. You know all they have to do is to be a average NFL team offense, and his value is going to shoot up the boards. So I'm T law there. John, what what about you? I mean, I know we were both really high on them, and he, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't say the actual location of where that twenty three first is. Let's call it one oh seven, right outside yeah. that group of like where you were are saying we have absolute studs. So let's call it one oh seven. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I 
I actually think that T Law is a good buy low right now. And I still believe in him. I, I, I think we have to. I mean, there's so much that says that he should still succeed. The Urban Meyer experiment's finally over. I think they really want to help this kid succeed. So I would lean that way, especially, you know, the, the mid-23 first could could be special. But like we talked about earlier, you're not going to get one of those QBs. So, you know, you're, you're getting a stud running back wide receiver there. Okay, but it's very difficult to replace a young Trevor Lawrence-like player. So mm-hmm. I do agree that's that's where the value is on this one for me. But it is, look, it's pretty close. And it, look, the other thing I'll say is, if you're selling Lawrence, now's not the time. Let this kid give him some some time. His, his value should kind of come back, maybe not to where it was there coming out of uh, the, the draft originally, but I think he will gain value. Mung, I want to get your opinion here because your 112 is still on the board at 205. That's Malik Willis. So let's say, I mean, you're, you're valuing Malik Willis as a late first. We're getting Malik Willis who, you know, in all likelihood – could be the starter in Tennessee. I know we've been high on him. Next year, he's the starter in 2023. You get that 2023-107, and you get one of these running backs. Is this enough for you to move Trevor Lawrence? And I know, you know, from talking things, you're a little bit lower on Lawrence than, than John and I are. Is this a move that you would make? Yeah, I mean, I'm still fairly high on Lawrence uh, in my Superflex Dynasty rankings. Um, I do think he's worth acquiring for this package. Uh, but that said, I, you know, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit here because a lot of times when we're doing redraft drafts or best ball drafts, we look at which guys could start the season hot, right, who are going to increase in that redraft trade value um, potentially after the first few weeks. And when you look at the Jaguar schedule, I pulled this up earlier today, you know, they have a very winnable game against the Commanders in week one. But then they've weird. got the Colts the Chargers, and the Eagles, all three of which have pretty solid defenses uh, the next three games. So there's a chance that Trevor Lawrence's value could dip a little bit more, even than where it is now after the early portion of this season. Um, Even if he does well this season, depending on what your expectations for Lawrence are, I'm not sure I see him cracking, you know, the top 10, top 12 fantasy quarterbacks in terms of a season-long finish this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a chance that with the hype on um, Young and Stroud, depending on where this pick ends up, you know, that first alone might be worth more than Trevor Lawrence you know, a year from now, or a few months from now, I should say. So while I do still think the talent is there for Lawrence, I'm a little nervous about if you expect his value to rise to, like you guys said, where it was, in startups a year from now right after the 2021 draft so i I do think lawrence is worth this package but the smart play might Mm -hmm. be to keep those picks and you might be able to get lawrence for just that first in a few months or even you know after week four i don't think he drops under one first you know i feel like he's going to be because he because of where he was drafted and how high it was he went from 106 and he had a horrible rookie season and now he's going 205 you know, so I don't think he moves too much back, but I love that analysis of the early part of the season there. And I'm a buyer of Trevor Lawrence, and I know, you know, I, I feel like we're not just, if you took him 101, you're just losing value to do that. Um, you know, one of the trades here sent in from another guy from the Patreon at Fantasy Nerd Boy. Awesome guys, super aggressive in there. And this is exactly what I was saying to do in my insulated trades. He gives up David Montgomery and KJ Hamler 
for Jahan Dotson in a 23 first. This is an absolute smash for me because this is the kind of move where, you know, you got a, a rookie wide receiver who's a first round draft capital. You get that 23 first. That 23 first in season, if you are contending, will buy you a running back equal to or better than David Montgomery, in my opinion, John. Am I crazy? Oh, I'm, oh no, you're not. No, I'm completely with you on this. I are really like this move. Oh, yeah, give me that cowbell. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Got I need a better soundboard, but I have a real cowbell. You know what I mean? So. Only prescription, more 23 firsts. Let's do it. Adam, what do you think here? I mean, is there anybody, any reason to take the Montgomery and Hamler side? No. I mean, I'm, I'm, I read that and I said auto smash. Uh, Ooh, you know, there you go. Cause if you, you, cause here, I wish I had that button, you know, like it was just a, <laughs> oh, like, like a that. analysis program that just knows. I'd be onto something here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it's an early, if you said early first, that's what's just kind of like, you, you have to take that, you know, cause you're not getting that upside with Montgomery and, and Ham- like, it's just a smash. Yeah. Uh, I can't really say much more. <laughs> Another guy I absolutely love in the community, Dynasty Island. If you don't follow him, do it. This was from his uh, Patreon, you know, the, and he, we were talking about this at Mark Andrews or, Mike Gusecki, Rondale Moore in a 23 first. Now, this is almost the exact same scenario that I've been talking about, about trying to move down. I love Mark Andrews. I'm going to go to Mung because I know, Mung, you're not quite as high on Mark Andrews. But 23 first and Gusecki, who, you know, we've talked about, it's just on the verge of breaking out. It just hasn't happened. It, it, it seems a little bit less likely. But what are we taking here? I mean, his calculator has it almost dead even. But that 23 first could value could change in value quite a bit, Monk. Yeah, uh, so it's just a straight up Gasecki in a twenty twenty three first. No other and, and Rondell Moore, but you know, I'm always yeah, trying to move I mean, Rondell Moore. I think this one's really team dependent, and you know where you think that twenty twenty three first is going to end up. Yeah, I know we keep saying that, but every situation really is kind of different and comes down to how well you can evaluate yeah, your, the mm-hmm. rosters in your league and where you think those picks are going to end up. I mean, I think it's a fine deal uh, for Andrews if you're contending. At the same time, if that pick ends up, you know, top three, top four, then mm-hmm. I do think those guys are going to be worth more than Andrews. Uh, I'm not I'm not projecting the kind of target volume that we saw for Andrews towards the end of last year um, in 2022. So that's part of my hesitation. So I, this one's tough. Uh, really comes down to roster needs. I like it. We got the doozy here sent in from Tony Langer. He says, all right, you ready for this bad boy? And Adam, you're the new guy on the block, so I'm going to hit you with this one because this one is not easy. 10-team Superflex, tight end premium, .5 PPR, and one and verse, contending versus rebuilding. So the one side receives Elijah Moore, Traylon Burks, two 23 firsts, a 23 second, a 24 first, and a 24 second. And these are the ones that give people headaches if you don't write this stuff down. The other side, it's Brady, Evans, McCaffrey, Dalvin, Kittle, and Madison. I love these two trades that are sent in. It's like, here's an entire rebuild. Here's an entire new starting roster. What do you My want? My team for yours. Let's so, go. Yeah, exactly. And these are the guys that are in the Patreon. These are the sharp guys that you can, you know, if you guys join. Again, we're just doing it a dollar a month. You know, it's like money back guaranteed a dollar a month to be part of this group and have access to all this awesome stuff. All right, Adam, break it down for me because this one's tough. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, And you know how much I love 23 first, you know, you know, with our eight. Right. But I mean, I'm just breaking this down, especially in one QB. Right. I mean, it's uh, for me, I really like the player side Um, because if you're looking at McCaffrey and Cook, you're talking about two 
you know, high, top half RB1s. You're talking about Brady. Yeah, he, you know, doesn't have a lot of value, but certainly from a contending team, still an R, uh, QB1. And then you have the stack with Evans um, and then Kittle. And then Madison's just good insurance to cook, not worse with value. But you're talking about locking up that backfield for three to four years. I mean, for me, I mean, it's, it's you know, I don't, I think it's, I think it's pretty much a smash on the player side personally. It's, it's a tough one. I mean, it really is on my end. Uh, John, I mean, I know you really have pick envy because Adam and I both have eight, you know, and I know that you're going to want to talk about the 23 first side, but what side do you like here? No, you know, I, really, I know you, you know, like to win. All you do is win. You know, and this you know, is so hard for you. Are play to win. Yeah. And we just, you just got dealt here like a whole slew of competing players that are going to drop points every week for you. That's my lean. And I, if I start breaking this thing down, you can pretty quickly – justify that there's more value with those those vet mm-hmm. players and have fun i mean go go get yourself that title you know it, it it costs you a number of picks but you know those that's what you do when you're pushing it all in play to win uh-huh. so that'd be my move on this one so i think the interesting thing there is when i have studs okay i don't like to package them i would like to trade christian mccaffrey for 223 first break it up i would like to yeah. trade dalvin cook for a 23 first plus. Mm-hmm. I would like to trade Tom Shop Brady for a 24 first. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like try to extrapolate that out because here it's just like, this is what I have in youth. Give me all your veterans, you know, and that's kind of how I look at it. Mung, that's got some of your favorite guys with Brady and Evans on there. Are you taking the picks or are you taking the taking the vets? Yeah, you actually kind of took the words right out of my mouth. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we were thinking the same way where I would rather wait um, and sell Cook and McCaffrey because these guys' values are down in the dumps right now. Everybody hates McCaffrey after he's been hurt for a couple years. Um, you know, not anything recurring, just kind of freak injuries. And as soon as he has like two back to back 25 point games, you're going to be able to get 223 firsts for just McCaffrey, right? As soon as Dalvin Cook puts up a couple of 20 point games back to back. He's going to be worth a couple firsts, whereas you can probably only get one first for him right now. Correct. So now is not the time to sell these veterans. And like you said, if I were to sell them, I would look to make individual deals and almost kind of create a bidding war uh, among the contenders in your league, right? As soon as you move McCaffrey to one team, the other contenders are going to be like, well, now I need to get Cook before you you sell him Cook also, right? Mm -hmm. You're creating a little bit more leverage where you're like, Hey, I mean, if you wanna if you wanna win the league and beat this guy, then I've got the goods and you got to pay up. I like it. Two more quick ones. Both of them weren't in the script, so be ready. Now, uh, Thomas O'Brien sends in. What would you rather have in a twelve-team PPR superflex? This is a twenty-three first late, you know, and projections key. And this is where it gets interesting because neither of these guys ultimately they're both kind of worth in that range of a late first to an early second. But Darnell Mooney and Dalton Schultz. Uh, John, I mean, are you taking that 23 first or are you going with Mooney is going to get peppered this year. Dalton Schultz is a guy that I think is ascending there. But ultimately, I don't think either of them become worth a 23 first individually. Is this worth it? Yeah, it it is very close. I looked at this one myself. And, and like we just keep repeating over and over again, the key will be where that 23 first lands. I, you know, I, I typically like to have the the shot at the elite player that mm-hmm. is really going to help you win leagues, win a lot of weeks. Mooney and Schultz are kind of those tweener guys. You love having them in your lineup. If you have depth, like major depth issues, I could see doing it. Mm-hmm. 
you might even see in some calculators that Schultz, especially in a, in a premium league, but I'm not sure that it is, and Mooney might be worth a little bit more. It is. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so yeah, because Mooney, Mooney's about Mooney's about he's like the 201 area. He's almost where the first Schultz is like mid second. So when you put them together, it kind of yeah, it gets in that interesting situation. Would you rather have two seconds or would you rather have that first? Yeah. I mean, my my tendency is to lean towards and, the the premium player and, and shore up your depth elsewhere. And and, and so I I prefer to get yeah. the pick and gain some value. And the other one, Adam, I'm going to put you on the spot because we talked about this one, but in Smash 2, I gave my 23 first on what is the most stacked roster I've ever had for uh, Friar Muth and Dawson Knox in a 1.75 tight end premium just for some depth. And I know we we d- discussed that one a little bit, so why don't you break that one down a little bit? Yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, you know, with, with just your team, I mean, you're talking about I mean, I, I totally get the other side, right? But I mean, you know, I think with Muth, like you're, t- you know, just both of these guys are going to be able to, especially in Smash, where you have the tight end premium, right? And and with, you know, being able to get basically with what you already have, uh, I, I mean, you know me, I love t- 23 first, but I think, uh, you know, I think the Muth and Knox side, uh, you know, because just, again, you're talking about positional scarcity and if you be able to take that away from your opponents and on top of that, get and the points, it's a double. Thank you. That was the key there because you and I talked about it and I was I like, like Hey, you know what? I could give away that 23 first and maybe get a running back right there. Right. But I mean, I have, I have Jonathan Taylor, James Connor, Leonard Fournette, you know, like I have like seven RB ones. So in that situation, then I looked at the guy who won the championship last year and I said, shout out to Rob Ross. And I looked at it, he does not have a tight end on his roster, period. And the guy that's shopping him had a surplus of tight ends, and I'm looking at it and I'm saying, you know what? This is two folds, you know, and sometimes you, you play a little bit deeper. I'm going to take these guys away because this is what's getting shopped there. So, guys, this was a fun episode, you know, like this was awesome. We went longer than we ever do because we wanted to talk about these 23 first. Adam, it was a blast having you on here. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Why don't you tell the listeners yeah, where they can find you on Twitter and, uh, you know, you just maybe a, a parting thought here. Yeah, no, I appreciate all you gents and uh, uh, the Patreon group, the whole Smash, uh, you know, uh, community. Uh, you find me on Twitter and R underscore uh, Adam Armour. That's A-R-M-O-U-R. And um, yeah, just just appreciate being on the pod and being able to shoot the shoot, you know, the what uh, <laughs> on the on the pod and also just be part of the Patreon. And if you guys if you haven't been on, make sure it's on. It's definitely worth uh, being on. Just be able to to not only talk trades, but just be in a great community and uh, and and be able to, to to talk shop anytime you want. And that's what we want, like a Smash family. The last guy that just joined, you know, like I, I basically I said to him, I said, "Hey, man, trust me, like this is worth." And that's Jesse Quaranta. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. I said, "Dude, it is worth." $12 a year to not nag your girlfriend, nag your wife, nag your, your coworkers where you're like, yo, dude, I got this trade done. I got, you know, I got another 23 first. And my girlfriend's like, yeah, what, 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 what is that? I, I don't even know. You know, so we're in this group, you get to talk about it. You get to, you know, I have 50 guys in there now that really just bounce stuff off. Uh, John, you know, again, you, someday you might get up to eight 23 first until that day. You got to be happy with six. So hit, hit us up where, where they can find you and, uh, how you're going to get some more first. Yeah, this is so much fun. Really loved this pod. And I, I know we're going to keep talking about this, but you can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore trades and go check out my most recent post where I did drop my way too early 2023 rookie rankings for the first round. I'm actually already starting to look at round two as well. I can help you size up 
at where we are right now, what the value of these are. I'm doing tier breaks. And I'm also kind of sliding in what I think the value is of the current 22 rookies. Like I said, I might take three wide receivers in this next class before I take Drake London and four running backs before I take Kenneth Walker. So reach out to me, DM me, and we'll, we'll talk it through. You know we're going to be talking shop in the, the Patreon. Can't wait to do some of that. But we're looking forward to continuing on this class. It's going to be fun. You know, I say we're about to wrap things up, and then you say there's three guys better than Drake London before I switch yeah. things over to Mung. Like, that just wasn't right. Yeah. Mung, what's going on with you? You know, what? where can people find you, and what are you working on? Yeah, it's great talking with Adam and you guys about the trades. Uh, this is the kind of content that we love to deliver. And, um, you know, as we kind of – discussed during the trade talk it is tough sometimes because sometimes we need more details about the league uh, your roster scoring settings whatever it might be and that's why we ask that you guys tag us on twitter uh, you can find me at ffa underscore mung that's m-e-n-g and you can find all my articles over at fantraxhq.com dynasty rankings rookie rankings redraft rankings uh came i have a wide receiver article coming out so whatever you guys want it's all on there Man is busy. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process.